الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر شهد أن لا إله إلا الله شهد أن لا
the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands us in the Holy Quran by saying, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu dhulu fi silmi kafa. Enter into Islam, O you who believe. We have already brought iman. Allah is addressing us as, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu. You have already brought iman. You have iman within yourself. Now do this. O dhulu fi silmi kafa. Enter wholeheartedly, completely into Islam. Submit yourself to the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Entire commit and submit to each command of Allah subhanahu do not follow the footsteps of shaitan uh, don't follow the footsteps of shaitan he is a clear enemy unto you and by choosing what we are going to follow in terms of the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and what we are going to compromise or leave out this is part of following the footsteps of shaitan so this is the first step that we each of us need to take as individuals as family members as families as a community as an ummah we need to realign ourselves to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in pure form. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tells us in one hadith, لَتَأْمُرُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ لَتَأْمُرُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَلَتَنْهَوُنَّ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ You must, you will, by all means, command good and you will forbid from evil. Or if you do not do this, what will be the outcome of you neglecting this important responsibility? Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will inflict a punishment upon you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put upon you such condition now that the, uh, this, this punishment has befallen you now that this evil situation has befallen you you will make dua but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not accept your dua this is as a result of abandoning this important uh, command and injunction of the Holy Quran which is Amr bil ma'roof and Nahi ani munkar commanding good and forbidding evil this is unfortunately a an aspect that we have lost we have lost uh, by to a great extent we find ourselves seeing a fellow Muslim seeing our own brother seeing our child our grandchild, seeing our spouse engage in some disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and yet we feel like our hands are tied and at times uh, we go one step worse and we actually enable it. This is a reality that most parents, Allah forgive us, we are guilty of is that we enable our children to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is really in contradiction to this command that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us to enjoin good and forbid evil. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa us in the famous hadith which we probably know that the first uh, the first uh, manner in which a person will rectify a wrong is through his That person who sees some evil, he should rectify it and stop it with his hands If he cannot do that, if you cannot physically put an end to that evil that you see Then try to object to it verbally And if you cannot even do that, then at least feel bad about it At least feel bad about it, have Regret and remorse in your heart that you are witnessing this certain evil that is being perpetrated. So this is a requisite and a requirement of Iman. That when we see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being disobeyed, when we, when we see the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being violated, then we raise an objection to it. We become a barrier and an obstacle in the way of that evil being perpetrated. We do not enable it, we do not encourage it, we do not facilitate it. We are completely, and if we cannot uh, prevent it, then we absorb ourselves, we free ourselves from that act and that uh, uh, that evil uh, uh, violation of the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is a principle that we have to implement in order to draw the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to ourselves and the entire ummah. And this is a point of reflection for all of us. We need to identify and reflect over our lives, our personal and private lives, with our children, with our grandchildren. When we see them, we, we give them these smart devices. What are we giving them access to? Are we watching over them? Or worse than that, we sit together sometimes in front of the television screen. As a family, we are exposing ourselves to 
13, which are completely unacceptable in the in, in terms of the Holy Quran and the Sunnah of Rasulullah. So we are condoning it as family, day after day, week after week. This is how we spend our leisure time with our children and our grandchildren. This is what we are doing. And we are breaking down the iman of our children and our own iman, unfortunately. And this is one of the uh, ways in which we are neglecting this important injunction of Amr bin Maruf and Nahiyan. So this is, these are just a few simple examples, but there are many examples in our business lives and in our you know, lives as employers and employees where uh, we, we act in a, in a manner which we know is in con contradiction to the Sunnah of Rasulullah in contradiction to Islamic teachings, but we continue to do so because it is convenient for us, because it may serve us some financial benefit, etc. This is where we continue to take ourselves deeper and deeper, further and further away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the first point of reflection that we ought to have as individuals and as an ummah, as a collective, as a community, that we need to realign ourselves to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is where salvation will come. This is where salvation will come. We know we all recite in our salah. What do we comment our salah with? What do we comment our salah with? Allahu Akbar. That is the first rukun of salah. And we repeat this word dozens of times in every salah, in every, uh, you know, uh, hundreds of times in a day. We are saying these words, Allahu Akbar. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the greatest. Yet we have failed to appreciate the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and realize that greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in mending the affairs of the ummah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, In tansurullahayansurkum, The meaning of these verses is that if you assist Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then He will come to your assistance. He will save you from whatever condition you are facing. So when we see the Muslim ummah in this level of helplessness and hopelessness, the salvation is in the assistance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the assistance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only comes when we dedicate ourselves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the verse says, you assist Allah, but Allah is independent and in no need of our assistance. It means that we need to commit ourselves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ought to obey ourselves, we ought to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that will draw the assistance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to us. That is, if we want to see, if we want to see a change in the ummah and in ourselves, if we want to see that change, that is the real question. Are we serious about seeing that change? If we are serious about seeing that change, that we, then we will make that change. It is easy, it is very easy to send messages, which we should continue to do. It is a good thing to follow the happening. It is something important. We need to keep track of, of the affairs of, of the Muslim Ummah. And we ought to boycott and protest and do whatever else it is that is necessary and that will make some change within the confines of the Sharia. But if we leave the first port of call, then all the other ports of call are not going to bring much benefit. The first port of call is to draw the assistance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is where, as an ummah, we are falling short. We ought to draw ourselves closer, closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to see the conditions of the ummah being rectified. So this is the first point of this that we recalibrate and we realign ourselves to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Each of us individually should make a commitment that I am going to do this. And just to elaborate on this particular point, Rasulullah mentions in a particular hadith, example, a story of three people from the nations of the past who uh, were on a journey. And whilst they were on this journey, it was either rainfall or nightfall that caused them to take refuge in a cave. This is also a famous hadith. And whilst they were taking refuge in this particular cave, a huge boulder came rumbling down the mountain and sealed them in that particular cave. And they realized that there is no way out. There is no way that they would be able to move that particular rock that had sort of sealed their fate within that cave. And so they discussed amongst themselves, they were believers. They discussed among themselves and they said, okay, let us make 
dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let, let us present, let us present something that we did solely for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let us present it and make dua that Allah alayhi wa ta'ala. So each of them made a dua. The first made a dua saying that, oh Allah, I had elderly parents and it was my habit that I would always feed them before I fed my family. And one day I came home late in the evening and as a result, my parents had already fallen asleep. And so I waited, I waited by their bedside with that milk that I had brought home for them. Whilst my children were restless and crying because they were hungry as well. But I, I did not feed my children out of honor and respect for my parents. I stayed by them bedside with that murk until they woke up and it was already fudge of time and he says oh Allah if I done this for your pleasure then alleviate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made that rock move a little through this particular dua the other one made the, made a dua that oh Allah I had this cousin of mine that I love so dearly and all I wanted to do was be intimate with her and he he refused him access because she was a pious and God-fearing person and nonetheless he this love constantly burned in his heart and eventually times took a turn and she fell into desperation and she needed financial assistance so she came to him for financial assistance and he made a condition to fulfill his desire and he now is making this dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he says that he was about to commit that act he was sitting directly in front of her about to commit the act and she says to him fear Allah fear Allah and he left that act that he longed to do his entire life he enjoyed he, you know he just it was the pinnacle of his passions and his desires and he left it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that critical moment. He says, oh Allah, if I left it for your sake, then you remove the condition. And again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made that rock move a little. The third person made the dua saying that, oh Allah, I had an employee who left early before collecting his wage. And I took that wage and I invested it until, and I'm simplifying it in translation, that few rands became worth millions. That little wage became worth millions where it, it was now reflecting in herds of livestock of, of different breeds, etc. And this employee comes after some time and he says to the employer, let me have my wage that you owe me. And lo and behold, he says, look, all of this is yours. This employee thinks that he's being made a fool. And he says, are you fooling with me? Are you mocking me? He says, no, seriously, it is all yours. And he then takes that employee that was maybe, let's say, he was supposed to be a couple hundred rands or a couple thousand. He took all that livestock, all that riches that was that that that, that, that resulted from the growth on that particular investment. And he went away with it. This person makes the dua to Allah by saying, Oh Allah, if I done that for your pleasure, then alleviate the condition that we are facing. So three, one from each person was what saved them. It was what removed that impossible obstacle from their path and granted them salvation. Was one act each. So the, con- the question we ask ourselves is how, uh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do as individuals? Which act are we going to, which act of goodness and virtue obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are we going to carry out in dedication to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hoping and wishing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he alleviates the plight of the ummah and which sin are we going to leave out for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala each of us should at the minimum reflect over this and leave out some sin leave out something purely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala oh Allah I am leaving this out purely for your sake through this make it a means of alleviating the alleviating the plight of the Muslim so we all do this inshallah this is respected Allah and dear friends the true test true test of our iman the true test of uh, whether we want to see a change in the world. this is something for us to reflect over may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding and fulfill another point so again just to uh, repeat the first aspect that we need to capture and implement is to realign ourselves to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if we want to see a real change. Without that, whatever we do is not going to make much of a difference. Yes, you will see some change here and there, some positive aspect, but if we do not rectify the root cause, which is how we have drifted from the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala,
subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then all we are doing is we are contributing to the downfall of the Muslim Ummah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Another aspect respected elders and dear friends, uh, and we have just a few minutes left, is that we need to live our lives, live our lives, and here I'm talking about financial in a way that we look at the future of the Muslim Ummah. We have a vision for the future of the Muslim Ummah through our financial decision. Unfortunately, the lifestyle that has been taught to us is that we should all grow ourselves, grow our wealth, and become uh, financially wealthy. And perhaps not uh, not even that for the for the, for those that are growing up. You know, the, the young younger generation. The, the life that has been sold to us is that we ought to have a certain level of living, a certain level of living, in terms of a certain type of house, a certain type of vehicle, a certain type of dressing, certain types of gadgets and etc. Certain types of holiday, holidays etc. that we should be embarking on. This is a life that has been sold to us and we see ourselves living this particular life and uh, that is one aspect. The other aspect is we have been taught and, and sold a life of individu individuality and individualism. Where each person is growing by himself. Each person is using his own portfolio and we see very little collaboration. We, we see very little uh, community building in this respect whereby we see a uh, community growing and building itself. So this is something which we ought to look at. Uh, if we see the plight of the Muslim Ummah, then we find ourselves that we are lacking in this respect as well. So uh, this is very, very important. There are two extremes that we see the Muslim Ummah falling into. On the one side, we see uh, that people feel that, you know what, wealth has nothing to do with Islam. It is sort of, uh, uh, you know, con in contrast to Islam to be wealthy, but this is absolutely untrue. And on the other hand, uh, we find that we have fallen into the trap of wealth, where the love of wealth has entered into our heart, and it sort of controls us. And instead of us controlling it, it, it has become something that has controlled us. And this is uh, two points that we ought to find some uh, direction in, 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 this, in respect of our lives. Rasulullah says, Good wealth in the in the hands of a good person is very good. It is very beneficial, and this is what we, this is one aspect that will give us the leverage that we need to uh, influence uh, to to influence uh, politically and otherwise the Muslims in the world in our world today is where we find ourselves finding financial independence. Allah ability to make those changes that we, we need to make in uh, bringing a difference into the Muslim Ummah. Uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us his tawfiq and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alleviate the plight of the Muslim Ummah. As we come into the close of this year, respected elders and dear friends, and we may have taken some leave, we may have taken some break and some uh, moments of relaxation, we continue to hear of the mass killings and murder, murders that are happening on a daily basis and even more frequent than a daily basis. So our hearts are continually, continuously with our Muslim brothers and by our hearts being with them, we should constantly see how we can be drawing the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We cannot continue our lives in the trajectory and the way that we have been living our lives because that will lead to our downfall and the downfall of the Muslim Ummah. It is for each of us to see how we are going to make that change in drawing the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen.